Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's What Do You Mean Sergio's Not Available podcast. (laughs) I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser as always as uh, we do have a lot to get to in this episode as the writers uh, seem to be heading down the path to still not require fans to be vaccinated heading to the stadium. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about oh, yeah. their win over the Ottawa Red Blacks, what was good and what wasn't, and uh, yeah, get into maybe some other unusual stuff as always. But before we get to all that, before we started recording this here fine program this evening, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Fraser had a fantasy football draft. And we're not going. And I know, I know, I'm the guy who says it as well. No one cares about your fantasy football team, Nobody and does. I genuinely don't care about John's fantasy football team. It's it's fair. We haven't even discussed even in our like pre-show meeting that we do right before the program. Mm-hmm. But there is one player missing from Jonathan's roster that I believe yes. is a great injustice because he was unavailable to be picked. Yep. Because of some technicality of he's not currently an NFL player. That's true. Which is ridiculous. And that would be, of course, one Sergio <laughs> Castillo. The the best part was, is I was auto so like it's a dynasty league, so I didn't have a pick from the twelfth round to the last like pick of the entire draft. Um, so I was going through my queue to auto draft so I could just get recording with you, mm-hmm. and which I appreciate I the commitment. A... Right. So unlike that just... time, you had an anniversary. Exactly. And like, then a child. On. God. <laughs> come on. Like, God. these are, like, see, blowing off a fantasy football draft, good reason. Having a baby, <laughs> bad reason, right? To not to not podcast any earlier. So, I'm like, okay, the guys in this league that I'm in that I'm leaving after the year are kind of jackasses, but a few of them know my love of Sergio Castillo. And I'm looking through the draft page after page after page. To make my last pick of this draft, the one and only Sergio. Hugh John Ham saxophone gif. And I couldn't find him. And I was so heartbroken that all I did was add like every kicker I could get to my list and I closed down the app for the draft and proceeded to record with you. And the only thing, and, and credit to you, I said, I just have to pick a kicker that I'm ready to record 
and you said, did you get Sergio? Because that's, again, all I care it's about. the only thing and, that matters. Right. And see, the stupid thing is, it's a dynasty league. And you bet dollars to donuts. Last year, I was in a full tank at the end of the year. Sergio was my kicker on my on my roster. I could have used one of my two keeper <laughs> picks on Sergio and made it a nightmare for our commissioner, who's a bit of an asshole, but I didn't. So I really have nobody but to blame but myself. And I mean the creators of whatever draft platform you were using, quite frankly, to leave off such an important pick, an important superstar in our sport. Clicky draft, you need to reevaluate your lives because you need some Sergio, who I feel like, I know Liram Haralahu, Haralahu, as Bob Irving would say, is a free agent as well. Yes. But I really think that somebody in the CFL signs Sergio. Just sign Sergio and you'll have my undying love. I really thought maybe the BC Lions would sign Sergio after they were having problems with their global kicker. I I mean, come on. We like, really should have made the case on this pod for that, but we didn't for some reason. We just kind of skipped over it because we're kind of stuck in Riderland right now talking about them a little bit more, which is that's, which that's is what we do around here and we enjoy doing it, but we, we really missed the boat on that one. We did, but I still think they should do it. See, Sergio, here's what Sergio should do, and Sergio's people. Sergio's people, if you're listening, know you are. Number one, we want like, Sergio on this show. Right, they should they should apply for an exception that Sergio should be considered a global kicker. I love the man. I need Google Translate for half his feet. He's very proud Mexican man. So like he should I have qualified like... as um global when he came out and BC on their uh their diversity night in the luchador mask. Right, that is exactly it. You come out in a luchadora mask and on diversity night and you look super awesome doing it and you make yourself even more so my favorite random kicker that's out there. I think that mask right there, boom, global kicker. See, and and the thing is, A, he's good, unlike other global kickers. B, he's got tons of personality. And C, he's our boy. He should be like, make him a designated global player. Boom, Sergio in the CFL. Sergio's people, you're welcome. At the very least, he could do what uh, the Riders' global kicker is doing, which I realized when I watched uh, when I was at the game on Saturday against the Red Blacks. Take a guess uh-huh. at what he does throughout the course of a game. Uh, does he kick balls into a net? I didn't even really notice that. Oh, wow. So you know how normally at Rider games they have the kickoff kid run out and get the kicker's tee? Yes. And while there's no kid on the sideline this year for obvious reasons. Yes. So every time there's a kickoff, you see number 71 trot out there afterwards and get the tee. And that's about all I've seen him do. That is... uh... Yeah. I I kind of feel (laughs) real bad for him now. At the same time, I brought it up in the press box after. I'm like... And on the Three Down Nation group chat, I was like, I'd do that for $55,000 a year. That's fair. <laughs> like, and, and the thing is, too, it's not even like practices are hard, because, yeah. like, for kickers. Because that is one thing I always, like, I learned in my many years of covering football. Hmm. That the kickers are part of, like, the group warm-up and stretch, and then they just kind of go off and do their own thing. And they kick, and they joke around, they kick some more. Then they're needed for drills, and then they come in for the drills. They just kind of, like, get to hang out in their own world. So it's not even like you'd be going through hellacious two-a-day practices if you were the global kicker. 
just sit there, kick a little, you know, drink some water, sneak some beer into your water bottle. Who would know? Who would care? Do you think I would count as a global? My grandpa was born in Scotland and immigrated. Second generation, Scot- Scottish kicker. I, I don't know the rules, but I, I, I assume you wouldn't. I also can't kick, so there's that. There's, there's that. There's other, so that the other rules minor first detail, before yeah. the fact that I can't kick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I have a new aspiration in life to be somebody's global kicker. Could there be kickers from space? <laughs> if you, if the CFL wanted to go universal and catch all of our listeners across the galaxy all the way from come by chance the climax um who may or may not have a pube problem you know the mm-hmm. grooming habits are different in different parts of the world imagine they're also different in space so if our universal kicker a global kicker comes and is having a little problems with the equipment monk being a little unruly our friends of Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet. Maybe find a kicker there. With the performance package 4.0, the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. I use these products myself. Um, I did, however, realize I went to the washroom at work today, realized I'm overdue for a nose hair trim. It was like I had I've done like five or six. We call them deliveries, getting people their new cars the past couple days. Big old hair sticking out my nose. And but I'm also so superstitious. I don't want to get rid of it because I've been on a bit of a good run. So uh, if you don't want to be like me and you want to get rid of your lucky nose hairs, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com for a clean infinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Jammy update. Kids are at the grandma and grandpa's tonight. Uh, so I will not break out in a giggle as one of my sons runs up to me in jammies while talking about <laughs> male grooming products. Very important information to know. Yes, 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 because if I uncontrollably giggle, that's part of it. Yeah, so as we said, uh, we will get to uh, the writers' uh, lack of vaccination plans, their game against Ottawa, and more coming up. But before we get into all that, as usual, uh, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company this week, uh, John, what's in the glass? I've tried something new this week. Ooh la la. And I actually went out, and despite there being a mat leave budget, it was a good month despite the fact that we have no more cars to sell at toyota so next month might be a bit dodgy but i went out and got it won't myself be dodgy. A... you don't sell dodges <laughs> <laughs> you should see our lot it is empty right now these inventory shortages are real like oh it's bad it's it's real bad anyway black bridge brewery hard to say fast but very delicious in your face i've got the citra single hop series can says it is tropical and fruity that's exactly what it is a nice single hop uh with a nice citrusy taste uh similar to the pile of bones white ipa but i would say a little uh less citra citrus fuck that's hard to say a little I was more gonna say it better be more citrus since there's only that hop in it right exactly it is 
right? It, it's just it's got it's got a different but similar taste. Mm-hmm. I am not ma- a man for many words tonight, apparently. Uh, well, that's but, good news for a podcast. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm glad I don't talk professionally anymore. Uh, I'm out of words. Like I said, I probably talk more at my new job than I did at my old job. So uh, either way, it is delicious. It has great notes of grapefruit, lime, and tropical fruit. I read that from the can because I am not a sommelier. But yeah, seriously, go get it. Uh, Limited (laughs) time release. uh, And I found it at the Sobeys Liquor Store up here in Samaskatoon. Yeah, should be available probably everywhere at this point. Uh, for me, so you went south, I went north. Ooh. I have uh, from our friends at the 14.5-kilometer Legacy Brewing Company, also known as the 9-mile Legacy Brewing Company, the Rafiki Moha West Coast IPA. Uh, picked up a six-pack of it this week from a local uh, distributor. As always, yeah, just a nice, easy-drinking IPA. It's got a little bit of Australian hops in it, so it's got a little bit of a different note to it. Uh, but, yeah, a little hoppy, a little bitter, just kind of a nice uh, classic IPA for the evening. Yeah, and uh, I, I find it less summery, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I'm Which has kind of been the mood I've been in recently, because it's been kind of dark and rainy for like a week around here. Right, right. Because, yeah, I actually had like a vanilla porter over the weekend, because I'm like, yeah, feels like a dark beer kind of weekend, because it's kind of chilled off and it's rainy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or again, just that I find a lot of the, like when you're actually like in Victoria and stuff like that, a lot of the, a lot of the IPAs don't have that citrusy taste mm. to them. Yeah, well, this uh, is so, the West Coast IPA. That's kind of like the style of the West Coast, right? Exactly. That's the part I was doing a very bad job of getting mm. to in a quick and efficient fashion. Yes, the, the more citrusy, cloudy ones are like the New England IPA, and then the West Coast is a little, little maltier, a little hoppier, sometimes a little pinier. It's almost like it comes from a place where it rains all the damn time. Yes, I'm so miserable from this darkness and the rain. I just need oh, no. a bitter beer to soothe my soul. You are miserable for other reasons. <laughs> like, like I feel like there might be a full role reversal tonight for... I feel like you're feeling spicier than the Thai food I ate tonight, Joel Gasson. Uh, it's been a bit of a week. Um, mm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you're kind of spicy about the topic we're going to talk about, too. Oh, 100% I am. I just... Mm. I, I, I just know that, like, you're more of a mellow angry, and I mm-hmm. think you're, like, openly angry now. So that's what we call, in this business, a tease. Yes. Yeah, we don't always rant on this program, but uh, sometimes it comes out. And this might be one of those weeks. It, it may not be. I don't know. We'll see how the conversation goes. We don't really plan that deeply what we're going to talk about, quite frankly. Uh, we, you know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we hit a few bullet points before the show and then just kind of make it up as we go. Exactly, and and that's that's what happens when you have great chemistry. High high five, air high five. That's I guess that's what happens when you text all day, um, pretty well every single day since we met. <laughs> so if you've kind of been living under a rock recently, um, the news around the Saskatchewan Rough Riders has taken a sharp turn in the last few days, and we'll get into that in a little bit too because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a three and zero football team right now, probably the best you know one of the you know probably the second best if not the best team in the cfl depending on how you want to kind of look at it and the conversation has gone in the matter of you know a few days from how good they're playing how they're the only undefeated team in the cfl how they look really good and there's a huge game looming against the bombers on labor day weekend Mm -hmm. it's gone from that to 
because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into the vaccination passport talk again or you know you need to be vaccinated to enter the stadium i don't know if we proof of vaccination i think it's more what I like to call it more than a passport yes i would agree and it's kind of been the talk around saskatchewan the last few days because um there's quite frankly been you know essentially an avalanche of teams across this country in numerous sports yeah. who are now requiring fans to be vaccinated to attend their events including the Calgary Stampeders who happen to reside in the province of Alberta, who have essentially the same rules as we do. Yes. And they made that decision on their own, along with a number of other franchises in this country right now. Yes. And for as far as we can tell, uh, the tea leaves, there's a post, there was a story on CBC today where the writers don't really have much to say about it this time. Um, it started to look like, and I'm not entirely surprised that they're going to continue on and likely and might continue on their path of doing absolutely nothing to keep this community safe. Other than right. ask nicely that maybe you wear a mask and stay home if you're sick. Because, you know, that's been working so well. Yeah. Uh, we've had, obviously, there's been, that we know of, the nine cases linked to the home opener. We haven't heard much sense from the other games. But, I mean, what we know about the Delta variant suggests nine cases can turn into a lot more very quickly. Absolutely. And, um, same time, the same week, the Bombers had, you know, 29,000 people at their home opener. And as far as they can tell, there's basically been no case li- cases linked to that game. And Manitoba has a rule where, yeah, you have to be vaccinated to attend such an event. Mm-hmm. And I think this has gone beyond a business talk. I know we've talked about this, about this a lot on this show, on a lot of this program, about the vaccination passport, how it would be good for business because we think it would actually increase sales. I don't know if I'm really on that boat anymore. I just think sort of the around 30-ish, give or take a couple thousand, is just the number we should expect from Ryder fans going mm-hmm. forward. So I don't know if there was suddenly a vaccination passport rule past Labor Day, because I will admit it might be too late to put one in effect for that game. Right. Um, so beyond that game, though, I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference in sales, to be honest. But it might, it might not. I don't know. Either way, it's not about that. It's about a community-owned team, community-owned team doing what's right by the community and keeping their fans, their businesses, their players, everybody safe and basically not being a bunch of cowards and abandoning the community. And that's Absolutely. that's effectively what's happening right now. And if they don't step up, that's how this current business operations of this team will be remembered. Now, see, I disagree. Not on the vaccination passport. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it is significantly hurting business. And it's, do we call her for another show? I don't think either of us have ever met her, but uh, Krista Bonham on Twitter. Um, yeah, she's a friend of the show. I haven't met her in person, but certainly had a lot right. of conversations. But we, yeah. but we would both love to crush a couple beers with her at Pile of Bones one day. Krista made the great point that this team doesn't give a shit. Because this team's attitude has always been, ah, if we piss some people off, more people will just come back into the seats. And despite the fact that families and the public and the community overwhelmingly support proof of vaccination to get into an event like this, Mm -hmm. they're not doing it because of their arrogance. Their arrogance is, yeah, we'll find other fans. And Krista made this point, and I thought to myself, I don't know if you will, though. I think, as you and I have discussed, Mm -hmm. a lot of... People who aren't vaccinated from both Manitoba and Saskatchewan use the home opener as a celebration. Yeah. You don't have to be vaccinated to get in there. Let's go. So 
to watch some football. I would argue the same thing is happening for Labor Day. Because in Manitoba, you do need to be to have proof of vaccination and go to the game. So if you're unvaccinated in Winnipeg and you want to watch a Bombers game, well, you're probably going to go watch the Bombers here in Regina. So I think the riders in action on this has been proven by the fact that although they're announcing 28,000. Oh, there's definitely not that many there. There are some sparse crowd shots. <laughs> the thing that surprises me is there are people who cannot give away tickets right now. No, oh, I, I know that for a fact. Um, Brendan McGuire, who I go to the games with now and sit in the press box with, who writes for Three mm -hmm. Down Nation, uh, him and his wife actually have season tickets as well. Right. Uh, the game against Hamilton, they literally could not give the the game against Hamilton. Yeah, he literally could not give his tickets away. Game against Ottawa, he eventually, event just after kickoff, was able to sell them for like thirty bucks. Unreal. And and uh, on a side note, Brendan McGuire, great guy. Sat with him in the waning moments of the West Final last year. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, him and his his buddy Chris. I know his buddy Chris. Either way. Um, I think, though, you have opened the eyes of the families that were excited to go. Because let's face it, I miss live sports. I miss live sports so fucking bad, Joel. Mm -hmm. I want to go to something so bad. But I am now a man with three kids. Yep. Two of which are unvaccinated. The newborn, Maya, is thankfully, thanks to modern science and getting the vaccine in utero, has some resistance against the coronavirus. You know, though, what they've done is is they've shown that the other reality of sitting on your couch in front of a large TV with a nice surround sound system, drinking beer that's cheaper than it is at the stadium. And most of it being a, better than what's at the stadium. It's a lot easier and cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the secret the writers don't want you to find out. They always want you, they want you to come to the games. Games are an experience. Games are awesome. I love live sports. But on the same note, me and my family of five is a hell of a lot cheaper to stay at home, watch the games. Even if I was to go to a friend's house and catch an Uber, it is still way cheaper. So I think the fans that you have shunned your families, your locals, your people who... I'm going out on a wild guess here. I have no numbers to back this up. But I would guess you're more affluent fans compared to your anti-vaxxers. You've just given them a direct road to go, shit, yeah, let's just get together at my place. You're all vaccinated. I got nothing to worry about. I'll go buy a whole bunch of brew house that's on sale. We can drink that. I think if you're the riders, you needed to keep bringing those people to the stadium. Mm -hmm. the, the analogy I'll give is what the riders have essentially done. Because it's crazy to me that all the talk about this team, this team is 3-0 and oh and is so good they might be making games boring. And nobody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about the fact that every other professional sports team in Canada, minus the Elks, correct me if I'm wrong on that, Joel, but is it every other professional sports team in Canada needs vaccination proof now? Uh, at least at some sort of major level, I believe all the NHL teams and 7 of 9 CFL teams have. The Jays do. Uh, the Raptors uh, are part of MLSE that would as well. Uh, so. Your Canadian Premier League soccer is all in franchises that, so like Calgary would yeah. be the same thing, Quebec, Toronto. So, Again, you are the two sore thumbs that stick out, the Edmonton Elk. 
And yeah, Edmonton, yeah. you're a part of this too, don't forget. Not that we really reach their market much, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think we get a ton of lessons from Edmonton. I don't I don't think you get a ton of people that lean right, but that listen to us. But that's the other fascinating thing. All the talk, even from the right-leaning hosts and broadcasters, are coming out and saying, you need to introduce some sort of vaccination passport as cases in this this province skyrocket. Even, it seems like even Louisiana a- State University is forcing fans to be vaccinated this year one of the lowest vaccinated places in north america is saying you have to be double vaccinated to come to our games now that's the thing that blows me away is is you've essentially if you're the riders now to use an election analogy to appease the maverick party and the ppc you have pissed off the liberals the conservatives and the ndp everybody is mad at you right now and you've given them a really good reason to say no i don't want those season tickets next year because guess what? It's just better to watch the games at my house. You absolute rubes. Nobody call my boss. <laughs> and if it's so, it's going to be very obvious from the rider organization, who I don't think we have anybody to listen to anyways. I just, no. I, I don't understand how if you have any sense or any brains at all in your head mm-hmm. that literally 90% of your population can be saying, we support you doing this thing. That you can continue to bury your head in the sand or so far up your own ass you can hear your heartbeat. And think that's a good idea for not only your short-term longevity, but your long-term longevity. I think the long-term damage from this the long-term damage from this could be devastating. Frankly. The the fact if you're if you're unwilling to act in this during the middle of a pandemic as cases in this province start to skyrocket again, especially at a time when we're talking about post-Labor Day. We were talking about three regular season games at home after this, so you kind of got lucky in that regard from the CFL that your first four games were kind of at a time where maybe wasn't the worst, at least maybe not until the late, at least maybe the first three wasn't the worst. So things are about to explode for COVID in this province. You could easily lock it down for the final three games and probably not really feel the effects of it, quite frankly, and then you look okay coming out of it. You would have been looked even better if you were the heroes and decided, oh, we're going to do this from the start of the season. Because if they're concerned about dealing with angry ticket holders now as the policy changes or anything like that, well, sorry, you could have done this from the start because everybody on the freaking planet knew this was coming. Yeah, and and I would and I and this is where I disagree with you in the fact that I think had you had a double vaccination requirement, and outside of the Saskatchewan Rattlers, who I love the Rattlers, I'm not comfortable going to an indoor sporting event just yet. I would have mm-hmm. loved to go to some Rattlers games. I love them. But you were the biggest and the first thing back for professional sports in this province. And I think Mm -hmm. the home opener took place at a time that if you're like you were me, you're worried, double vaccinated, but worried. I think at the home opener, you'd go, this might not be a great idea, but I feel okay. Mm -hmm. I assure you, you would have had, I think, and I think this at the core of my being, you would have had a lot more asses in seats. Not paid tickets, not 28,000 paid tickets. You would have had a lot more asses in seats for the last two games, Fair. and you still would have sold out Labor Day. Yep. No, yeah, no. I, had like, yeah, I, I don't entirely disagree with that. I'm just saying for whatever headaches and whatever you know effects may come from making this decision going forward for final three games, it's, neg- it's negligible at this point. And to not do anything at this point, I would say even because, like, okay, I am reasonable. I understand that, you know, a week and a half isn't probably enough time to enforce this heading into the Labor Day game against Winnipeg. I, 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 would, but, I would agree. 
but you can still say, okay, at the very least, we're going to start on Labor Day. You have to wear a mask at the game. That's for that game. One. That's one that is easily implementable, especially at the very absolute fucking least when you are not at your seat, because if you're in your seat, you kind of sit in this little more open area, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you're around the concourse, if you're literally anywhere else, you have to wear your mask. It's simple. I think any reasonable person would do that. And I mean, you're unreasonable people, many of whom have probably already bought a ticket to this game. Mm-hmm. Would see, but. And, and, the the line, same... and the line from all those other people, like, well, if you don't feel, uh, if you feel unsafe, stay home. Well, if you don't like wearing a mask, stay home. The same exactly. thing applies to you. Because, because quite frankly, everybody, and you're seeing it in the United States, you're seeing it across the world, those of us who have done the right things from the very start of this are getting fucking fed up with the idiots who won't get on board. And it's time that they take a seat somewhere else and let the rest of us live while they fucking live in fear over a fucking shot. Uh, I kind of just went from six to midnight on your anger there, Joel. That, that, that was good. Um, Hi, John but, Chick. But you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and again, I'm glad that, you know, we're essentially the Texas or Florida, Canada at between 50 and 60% double vaccinated on like, you know, 30-ish percent in some states. But, yeah. but that's the thing. <laughs> Whatever you think this is going to do to you, there, there is there is no rights with a private business. You can refuse to get the shot. You can keep reading your Facebook garbage. You can keep reading your 4chan, listening to your Joe Rogan, and think, I don't want my sh-. That's your choice. That's fine. I'm going to judge you. But that's your choice. Your life no choices private... have consequences. Exactly. And there's no private business. The writers are not crown land. This is not a government entity. This is not like you have to go to Mosaic Stadium to get food and oxygen to go ahead and like <laughs> to, to live. They're a private entity that, that can go ahead and say, yeah, we need double vaccination. Now, here's the interesting thing, too, that 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 <laughs> that I enjoy. Since the Huskies announced that you need vaccination proof to go to a Husky football game, even though their schedule is ass this year, lots of October games, Saturday afternoons at two, huge demand for season tickets. Because people feel safe, and that's it. You want people to feel safe. You can't be responsible. Like, the Riders could pretend, yes, nine cases tied to the home opener. I don't believe that for a second. And we can get into a whole other thing of the fact that that wasn't declared an outbreak, but anyway... But that's a whole aside, because yeah. obviously Hank Hill is has some buddies there. But mm-hmm. the fact that you could go to a Ryder game and kill somebody, and that's not an exaggeration. You could go to a Rough Rider game today. Well, not Labor today. Day. Not today. You go to you could go to Labor Day Classic. You could catch it. You could be around a child, an adult. Friend you don't know that had a kidney transplant. Kill them. Because of this team's inaction. Is it dramatic to say they will have blood on their hands? Yeah. Is it a reach? Am I going to piss a lot of people off? Should we perhaps run our good friend Graham Mossiman's disclaimer twice in this episode? Probably. Maybe. You could actually kill somebody and a community-owned team is not doing anything about it now i'm hoping this is the ultimate fraser curse and you and i wake up tomorrow to news that the games after labor day need proof of vaccine because i'm with you it's too Mm -hmm. late for labor day it's too much of a shit show for labor day you're gonna have too many poor ticket reps dealing with this fallout 
But here's an interesting thing. Here's an interesting thing that I found. I would not go to the Labor Day Classic if I could. I am, and judge me for this, I'm double vaccinated. I'll be wearing a mask the whole time. I will be taking a COVID test upon my return. I'm flying on a plane. I'm going home for a friend's wedding in October. Or in, sorry, the Labor Day long weekend. I won't be able to go. At a text tonight, a friend of mine has eight tickets that are available for the sold-out Labor Day Classic. I cannot think the last time a week out I had a chance to get tickets to Labor Day, Joel. A sold-out Labor Day. Yeah. Just a little food for thought on that. I think Labor Day is going to be sold out. I think you're going to see empty seats. And I hope financially it bites this team directly in the ass because you were handed the home schedule of dreams on a silver platter from the CFL and you fucked it up. You fucked it up by not having the cojones to go after those crazy little 10% of people that would bitch. Because I don't know what this team is doing. This team has figured it out on the field in the football mm -hmm. ops. Craig Dickinson, Craig Reynolds, they figured it out on the football side. On the business side, what are you doing? Because you you know what? you got a big-ass loan to pay against that stadium, and you've just alienated a lot of people and a lot of people with those young fans that you so desperately need. What are you doing? Whoever made this decision, I don't care if it's Craig Reynolds. I like Craig. Craig has done great things for this team. Needs to have their ass hauled and fired next year. I think that's enough about that for now. Yes, I need another beer, and then we'll talk football. Because I'm angry! Yeah, you brought them up, though. I mean, there's obviously been... And it's interesting that there's a little aside here that I think the venom is maybe a little stronger toward the business side right now because obviously it's very important, but at the same time, the football side is so damn likable. Right. The, side, the football side is so likable right now when you th think of Craig Dickinson and... Um, Cody Fajardo and Jeremy O'Day who come out and they always say the right things and they're so personable and everything just works really well. And they're playing well on the field too right now. And you brought it up earlier. We hinted at it. Are the riders currently so good that it's boring? Like, is that is that a serious question? Because I, I kind of thought it. When you watch that game against the Ottawa Red Blacks, and maybe it's because of the Red Blacks and they have, you know, the offense that is just, there is no offense. It's offensive. None. It's terrible. So maybe they played a conservative game plan on that. And I think they did when you look at some of the decisions Craig Dickinson made in terms of field goals instead of going forward or punts instead of going forward. There were some times where I thought, okay, I don't know if I agree with this decision, but thinking of the course of this entire game and how Ottawa can't do anything, I'm just kind of going to let it slide as long as this doesn't yeah. become a thing. Right. So I, I think that was kind of part of it as well. But at the same time, is the same thing is a little not quite to the degree against Hamilton. And then it was the same for the first half against BC. There weren't really any big special plays. Like they're just so efficient in so many different ways that I'm just like, okay, they're very good at what they do. And they're so efficient that it's almost boring. I would agree. At least on offense. Yes, yes, yes. The defense is exciting. The defense is making plays and sacks and interceptions and turnovers and all that kind of stuff you want to see from a defense. But you're right, Joel. I I watch a lot of football, as, as do you. Mm -hmm. And it seems like sometimes in a 0-0 game, when, uh, when it's a favorite against a big underdog, you start going, uh-oh, could this be an upset? Could something be brewing? Are they that off today? 
all the way through that super sleepy first quarter of the Ottawa game, I never got that feeling. Yeah. It was boring as hell. It was not a good first quarter. I am glad that during the first quarter of that game, I had to basically wander around my in-laws house with my two week old daughter. I, I, I would like to clarify. I've seen some comments of, I can't, I don't understand why people are saying they didn't play well. I thought they played very well. It just wasn't the most entertaining product no, that they could no. put on the field. And, Frankly, from a team perspective, that's not their problem. It's not their job is to win games, and they're doing that. That's exactly it. And they, they're right now, they're as you said, they're winning games in very boring fashion, which is very much a significant of a, or very much a sign of a very good football team, mm-hmm. right? Like again, Cody, eighty-six percent completion percentage, and I found the big thing is we always talk about mistakes, especially in yeah. offense. We talk about guys doing things wrong and the mistakes that were being made were not leading to turnovers. were not leading to incompletions. The mistakes that were being made were okay. Well, Cody found an open receiver, but maybe he could have found the more open receiver and like Powell found a hole, but it was the wrong hole the way that was set up. Like it just like, <laughs> it's always, it's always difficult when you find the wrong hole. But <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm Right. I'm going to have to giggle for us this episode now. <laughs> it was just unlike when you found the wrong hole. It was very boring. Um, they, I think you're right, Joel. I mean, you look at the stats. Like, nobody's standing out. There's no big plays. Like, look how, like, like you look at the number of guys that Cody is fun. He's spreading the ball out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, in, in that game against Ottawa, like there were a handful of receivers that had at least 30 yards. There's a few guys that had at least 40 yards. They put in the piece, like he is not afraid to throw to every receiver on the field. And he said that in this post game comments. And you know, you hear that from quarterbacks sometimes. Uh, Jerry and Durant was very, a guy who had his favorites and he liked to throw yeah. to his favorites. And that was very obvious. Cody Fajardo was clearly very uninterested in who's out there. He's just, I, whoever's there, whoever's open, I'm going to throw to it because I yeah. mean, in the past we saw, you know, last in 2019, um, him and Shaq Evans were very much on the same page. It hasn't really worked this year, but he's now instead, okay, I'm going to throw to Kyron Moore. I'm going to th- throw to who I believe right now is their number one receiver in Brady Linus. I'm going to throw to Keenan Schaefer Baker, who's playing his first ever game. Like, <laughs> right? Like, like this, all just... of these things are working, and he's just so confident with everyone, and it's it's refreshing to see that. Yeah, and he's not forcing anything. And another sign of that is all these guys are getting open. Yeah. Like, let's not discredit that, that that guys are stepping in, doing their jobs, running their routes well, getting open, giving Cody the options to find the guys, right? It's it it is boring to watch. I I hate to say that. Like it is it is a little boring, mm-hmm. but it's working. And it's boring, it make- but ultimately for if I mean that we're talking from two guys who aren't, you know, like fans of the team traditionally speaking. No. We, you know, we're, I cover this team. You're, you've covered this team in the past. We just enjoy football. So there isn't the chaos. There isn't the fun that we like to watch. But if you are a fan of the team, winning is always fun. And we don't, you don't care how that happens. Just like no. fans of the New Jersey Devils in the year 2000 will tell you they weren't boring because they won the Stanley Cup. Oh, God, they were so boring. But, <laughs> and, and that's even like, I think boring is a bad term. Like, yeah. they just from a football purist, like I imagine there's not a, a coach in this province at any level, high school coaches, junior football levels, you sports coaches that don't look at this team and go, Oh wow, this is, this is good. This is really good. Even oh, me sure. 
what the amount of football I watch, I can appreciate the game not for excitement, but just mm -hmm. like Cody, just boom, quick pass, boom, quick pass. The offensive line playing well, keeping him upright, guys getting open. Like, I appreciate that sense of the game as a guy that loves the game of football, oh, right? So, sure. And it's just it's it's different, right? You're not seeing the big comebacks now. The only thing that 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 I wonder hmm. is this team has not really been punched in the mouth yet and i feel like that might be coming with winnipeg i do feel like this team is as good as if not better than the blue bombers can they play from behind because we haven't had to see that yet no we've seen big leads and and let's face it this dip and dunk safe offense this this what cody and this team are doing right now they have no worries about it but can they do it? Can they mix it up when they're down? I think the answer is yes, because they show enough little things from time to time when they do go deep, when they do have to stretch the field. I think the, they can. The, the, I, yeah, they are have... attempting to do more. It just hasn't connected yet. And I think part of that is just not having played football in a year and a half. Right. I mean, again, back to the gift that the football gods gave the riders for this year is BC's. They, they went up against a BC team with a quarterback and a half. Mm -hmm. And the half a quarterback played half of it. Hamilton, we don't know what they are yet. And Ottawa, universally. Defense, okay. Good. I would even say their defense is good. Mm -hmm. Their offense is terrible, right? So, so you could not have a better opening of the season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So that's why this Labor Day in the Banjo Bowl intrigued me so much. Not mm -hmm. just based on the wins and losses but based on how this team plays and what's going to happen if they are punched in the mouth early on. But I, and the funny thing is, is we talk about the offense being maybe a little sleepy, you know, if you're watching at home, but that defense, like, man, that defense is better mm -hmm. than I thought they would be. And that's saying something. Cause I was high on the riders defense, even before guys, Achilles started blowing. Like imagine how good they'd be if it wasn't for some, like Achilles. Yeah, add, add Larry Dean into that. And it's just, I, I, I think their run defense has been a little, iffy at times so maybe Larry Dean makes a difference there but yeah overall the defense has been you can't complain about anything really the defense has done uh the secondary starting to make plays and that pass rush is really starting to get home and there's a lot of questions about Charles and Hughes not being here but I never really had that big of a concern because frankly AC Leonard has been the guy I expected him to be and you know Mickey Johnson is of course pushing that pocket again hopefully he's not you know, injured long-term for this team right. to, in order to remain successful. And then you got guys like Jonathan Woodard just kind of coming out of nowhere and becoming that other spot on the field there. So it's it's working, just as I pretty much expected it to across the defensive line, even without a guy like Charleston Hughes. Even as our friend Greg from the Pipples podcast would say, he has wood for Woodard. <laughs> um, The one sort of thing I have a bit of a question of this team right now, especially offensively... Um, it's not a serious concern at this point, I would say, but you know, we're, we're kind of nitpicking right now, but that's kind of the point where you're at, where a team is three and zero and has looked pretty good for the most part. Cause I think week one, what happened, you know, the super fast start and the terrible second half, you just kind of throw it out as week one after, you know, a year, year and a half off. Right. Um, I feel like Cody Fajardo is running the football too much. And I don't know if that's his choice or if that's systematic or what is going on there. But, I mean, the guy has rushed for 139 yards already this season on 21 carries. 
Um, William Powell comparatively has had 40 carries, so twice as many carries, but only has 152 yards. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand QB scrambles are a lot different than design runs, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, okay, it's week three. We're into week four of the regular season now. There's a bye week. We know Cody Fajardo is a very good runner. We know that's, you know, an important part of the offense of what, you know, an offense built around him does. But at the same time, this is kind of like people talked a lot about Darian Durant for a while where he had to learn to reel it in because the Riders yes. relied on it early on in his career a lot for him to run. And eventually Darian did figure it out until in 2013 in the playoffs where he busted it out when he absolutely had to. Oh, yeah. He couldn't make a completion that night. But Yeah, and I think Cody maybe needs to figure that out a little bit. And I think they need to – and maybe part of this is, you know, the offensive line has been good. They've worked with what they've been able to get out of a, you know, kind of a patchwork group, let's be honest. Right. Um, so maybe part of this is the offensive line hasn't been able to really get going to the point where they can open up William Powell as much as they would like. So maybe Cody does have to run a little bit more and make that happen himself. I'm still concerned that it's too much too early at this point in the season when even though it's a shorter season, you do want to save him for when it matters. And he should not be running as much as he has been. He's gotten away with it so far. But we know it doesn't take much for something to go seriously wrong when a quarterback continues to run. He's at 21 over, so that's seven times a game he's running right now, basically, on average. Right, and, and a big part of that, too, is what I noticed, and you and I talked about this in the in the pre-show. Um, to my best recollection, recollection, although I was, like, parenting and had a few beers while watching the game with my in-laws, I think there was at least three or four designed runs for Cody. Mm. Oh, for sure there was, yeah. Which, again, three or four designed runs in a big playoff game, that's when you want to play that card. You don't want to play that card early because, like you said, we're and, – and I have – full confidence in Isaac Harker as a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. especially the past couple of years. I don't think he'll, he's Cody. He's not. No. Cody. no, he's not. I think if Cody needs to miss a game or two, they'll be okay. Isaac Harker's shown a lot of good flashes, but yeah, you, why are you busting out the design runs for your quarterback this early? Right. Like that's, that's like, remember the famous designed run for Kerry Joseph in the Labor Day classic a few years ago that just, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Kerry had nowhere to go, but up the middle, nobody within like 10 yards of him. Cody's taken some hits and, and, and I will give Cody credit. Cody is very good. He has from, from when we last saw him in 2019, he has learned to slide a little, yeah. A li- like he still like has that edge to him and I think Cody needs to use his legs to feel himself but like I don't get why you're calling the designed runs for him this early it's a game against Ottawa in which you were never really threatened and it almost seemed like Craig Dickinson was making the calls to to, to not go for it and get super aggressive because they knew they had it in the bag and Jason Moss wanted the designed runs but I'm with you Joel I, I would I mean again these next two games against the Bombers are going to be huge to me Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl is when you start doing things that maybe risk your quarterback a little bit because you know mm-hmm. this season you're going to need those wins against Winnipeg. Oh yeah, the the way the way that two game series is setting up, if Winnipeg beats Calgary, which they probably should, um, those two games, if you consider like I think right now it's fair to say in the West there's Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and then there's everyone else. So if you are both these teams in there, if you can win both of these games coming up that could seal the division for you essentially i would agree 
and and it's it's early and i i'd love to see relevant football games that early so mm -hmm. uh i don't know how the hell i'm going to listen to it while driving from Atticoke in ontario to thunder bay with a hangover but i will find a way there better be cell phone reception and the great voice of bob irving as i as i do the that. games but, are on sirius xm yeah my mom's 2012 rav4 doesn't have sirius xm you don't have the app I guess you need the cell service then. So you need the cell service. See, that's what it. That's yeah. what it goes. I wonder if I could steal a satellite radio. Either way, I'll figure it out. But <laughs> yeah, those are the games where you're busting out the design runs. I'm I'm with you. If we were to get nitpicky, Cody is one hit away, one one broken rush, one dirty play away from missing some time. And uh, I think they they do need. If you want to run. That's fine. If if Cody's the only guy that can run the ball in the playoffs and late in the season and the and Labor Day Imbangible, that's fine. That's 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 what you need to do to win. But they do need to get William Powell going. And and mm -hmm. as you said, I maybe it's just the the offensive line gelling. But they're still only like I'm looking at the stats right now. They still only gave William Powell ten carries. Yeah. And and, well, and, and yeah, have... and, and like against Hamilton, they gave him more. Like down the stretch of that game, he was slow in the first half. But then he picked up most of his yards in the second half as they kind of closed out that game. Right. But but this uh this was an Ottawa game that was never really threatened, and I, I'm a big fan of Jason Moss. But to me, William Powell should have been closer to fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Because that 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 offensive line, they're great at pass their pa pass blocking's unbelievable so far this year. But you need to get the run block going. You need to and, and often ask any offensive lineman. They love run blocking. Get them figured out, get them gelling. Make it happen. That's that's. I'm with you. I want to see Powell more and less of Cody running until they absolutely need Cody to run. Absolutely. Hey, Jacques Cartier, show's over. 